Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from lead pastor Nathan Newell. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. God has been directing us and he's been leading us into into new territory, so to speak, in the things of God, new territory in the things of 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 the spirit and and I'll be the first to admit there's a lot of new territory for me. I've had an experience with the, with the Lord here recently that was brand new. It was unlike anything anything that I had reference to. I I had no other experience to refer to to say, "Oh, it's like it's like this." And it was so overwhelming, so powerful. I praise God for that. And I'm saying, "God, there's got to be more times like that in our lives." There's got to be more encounters, more experiences with God than just some songs in a sermon. For many of you, you've, you've, you've been hearing me water this ground over and over and over for more than a few months. And it's all been building. It's all been building. God has been been building line upon line, precept upon precept. So he's, he's, he's constantly drawing us in deeper. So, so what you're experiencing now, that's good, but he's saying there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. He's truly capable of. And to scratch the surface of God, we have no idea what he's truly capable of. I say that with joy and anticipation. We have no idea what he's capable of. He's simply looking for a people in a place who will say yes to letting him do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. How he wants to do it. For us, that takes a thinking transformation. It takes a, a shift from what we have labeled as typical and what we have what we have put boundaries around and we've created this we've created this safe system through which everything can operate and do things and, and there's and there's nothing unexpected so we build this stuff so we can keep it safe we build we build systems we build boats we build boats so that we can safely traverse the waters of the things of this of the spirit and and Jesus gave us an example when Peter walked on the water, when Jesus walked on the water. He said, the boat's a good system. It was good for when I wasn't here, but now that I'm here, there's a different way that you can cross. Now that I'm here, I'll show you another way. I'll show you something that defies logic. I'll show you something that goes beyond what you've seen to this point in your life. I will show you something and bring you to some place that you have no reference for. Remember, God showed the people, and all of those people had been in Egypt for 400 years. There was not one of them who had ever seen it, but he said it was there. He said, if you'll trust me, I'll bring you to it. I'll bring you to it. What God is doing in this time, what he's bringing about in this people, in this room, this is what I believe, is that he is 
He is exposing the things of the systems that we have trusted in and we've depended on and we've relied on to get our answers and to get our results. And he is showing that none of that, none of that will fulfill and none of that will bring the promise that we really want. What am I saying? Is that church itself won't fulfill the desires of your heart. I praise God for the church. I praise God for church services. I love this. I lo- Man. I love being together. I love the move of the Holy Spirit. I love when things are happening. I love when spiritual fathers are praying for spiritual sons. I'm praying for, for moms praying with daughters, all that. I love that. I absolutely love it. I, God, I look forward to this. But in the midst of that, we have built out systems that we rely on, that we depend on. Let me, let me, let me just try and explain this and communicate this. Because even in this, even in this atmosphere, me say, I, I, I think this is what we're supposed to do right now. Y'all, I'm asking God to do things so incredible that, that, that we just, we don't know how to explain how church goes anymore. Right now, we can predict it down to the minute, down to the hour. We can say, this happens here, and this happens here, and this is when he gets up and does an exhortation here, and this is when they get up and do another song here, and this is this, and this is where this goes, and this is how long the sermon goes here, and we fit it so nice, cookie cutter, and God is destroying the compartmentalization that we have done to his presence and to the move of his spirit. We put it all nice and neat. Pyrrhus was referring to this earlier. He was making a distinction between what is truly decent and in order according to God. That's the difference. What is decent and in order according to our minds and our thinking is different than the way God thinks. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So when there's people on the floor shaking and we got people all in the room thinking that's, de- that's not decent and that's not in order, he's saying that's absolutely decent and in order. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Living God. And so when there are things that happen that we don't have a label for or we don't have a reference for, we cast an eye on it and we say, I don't know. That's not in order. That's not decent. And I'm saying, God, let there be some holy disorder happening again. I echo those words. God, let there be a holy disorder. Oh. You think it's nerve-wracking for you being the pastor and saying, God, let there be a holy disorder. And I, I'm the one who's up here with the microphone trying to figure out what I need to do with all of this thing. Any church that has had a move of the presence of God has seen revival, has seen, has seen the presence and the glory of God manifest. There were some radical things that happened. And until we're willing to, to subject and to yield ourselves to the leading of the presence, we won't open our hearts to all the radical things that he wants to do. Signs and wonders and miracles are easy to talk about and they're easy to cry out for, to believe God for until they start happening.
Oh, wouldn't it be great if we were to walk on the water of Jesus? Remember, like being there and watching Jesus walk on the water. I'll tell you, it was frightening. How frightening was it? That's a sign. That's a wonder. That's a miracle. Here comes Jesus walking on the water, and every disciple is so scared, they think it's a ghost. They're scared out of their minds. Yeah, amen. Jesus, the first thing he has to address is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the manifestations that you see. Don't be afraid of the things that you hear. Don't be afraid of those things. It's me. And if it's not him and it's demonic, we'll handle it and move on. He said, it's me. Have no fear. It's me. Peter says, Lord, if that be you, if it really is you, there too, then I can come out there too. 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 And I pray over this house. I pray over every person in this room that there will be a heart like Peter that says, I can go out there too. Because for too long we have said, it's great that the pastor, the minister, the evangelist, the, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher can go there and we can just stay in the boat and watch from a distance. And let us have the heart of Peter, the spirit of God to rest upon our lives that says, I can go too. I can go too. I can be on that too. I can experience that too. I can have that too. You know what all the amazing stories have done in my life, whether it be in the Bible, whether it be through church history, whether it be great revivals. You know what they've done in my life? They've inspired a me too heart. Anybody else? Religion is boring. It is so boring. And a religious heart and a mindset, singing songs for half an hour, is boring. But when a half an hour comes and goes, and an hour comes and goes, and an hour and a half comes and goes, and two hours comes and it goes, and it still feels like the first minute, Then you're stepping into the spirit of something which the spirit operates in eternity. You wonder why it feels so good and it feels like things go like that. That is because that is the eternal God stepping down in and amongst his people. To show himself. ever since we moved the service to 10.30. We've had longer services. Has anybody else noticed? I tell you what, the kids' point team has certainly noticed. They watch your kids when Pastor Nathan won't shut up. We didn't do that because we thought we'd have longer services, and the point is not longer services. 
That's not the prize. Even the signs, the wonders, and the miracles, that's not the prize. The manifest glory of God, the presence of the Lord, having him. Oh, I was going to preach on this, and I was going to go into great depth, and I had all of these wonderful points that I was going to tell you, but I'm just going to quick synopsis. Real here, synopsis. In John chapter 21, it's a story of Peter. Again, if you remember, at the end of John, there is the account where Jesus has been resurrected and he's, he's starting to show himself occasionally to the disciples here and there. He's starting to show up. He's starting to walk through walls. He's starting to appear with disciples on the road to Emmaus. He's starting to do all of these things. He's starting to show up here and there. They don't know when he's going to come. They don't know when he's going to go. They're just readying themselves. And then here's Peter. Peter, Peter says There's, there seems to be nothing happening. I'm going fishing. Meaning I'm going back to the boat. I'm going back to the system that I'm so familiar that is convenient to me that I'm comfortable with. I'm going back to that. I just need to get back into that, into that arena. And most of the time when we return to that system, when we t- return to church as usual, usual, when we return to the typical, it's because it didn't happen the way we thought it would and it didn't happen in the time we thought it would. All the disciples are still depressed that Jesus didn't, didn't build his kingdom to tear down Rome. It didn't look like what we thought it was going to look like, and it's certainly not happening right now what we thought it was going to look like, and things don't happen in that time frame. And every time that happens in us, we are tempted to go back to the old system. We're tempted to go back onto the things that we're familiar with so we can find some kind of safety, some kind of safe haven. He says, I'm going fishing. And then we get a picture of Peter's God-given ability to lead and influence Because the word says, the others said, we're going with you. We're going to. We're going to. Some of you have a God-given leadership ability that he has put in you, and it's the ability to influence others. He's placed that gift within you, and you can use that to transfer error or to transfer truth. Peter says, I'm going, I'm going fishing. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go too. Remember the fact that Jesus called them out of the fishing trade, at least the fishing for fish trade. From now on, I'll, I'll make you fishers of men. The word says they left their nets right where they're at, right where they were at. Peter says, I'm going fishing. Say, we're going to. Then the word says something happened. They fished all night and they caught no fishes. They got back in the boat, fished all night. They caught no fish. And then in the morning when day was breaking, Jesus was standing on the shore. Here comes Jesus, the wonderful Jesus who walked on the seashore and called them the first time out of a boat, is shown up again to call them out of the boat one more time. Because he can't deny who he is. He can't deny who he is. He can't deny who he is. Even when we've given up, he has not. He has not. He has not. Oh, my God, my God. shows up on the seashore and he calls out to him, children, 
You don't have any fish, do you? He said, no. No, we don't. Cast your nets on the right side. On the right side. Y'all get it? I don't have to go into deep with that one, do it? <laughs> Throw it on the right side for crying out loud. And you will pull up a catch. I love this here. I love Jesus operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What was he doing? Gifts of the Holy Spirit. God has been teaching us. Let's just use this as an example, a teaching moment right here. The use of the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus used them all, and he operated in them all. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are at work. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit in all ways. He's being led by the Holy Spirit here. He's communicating to them. Word of knowledge. Kids, you don't have no fish, do you? Thank you, children. Oh, man. That's the kind of freedom I'm talking about, man. Oh, across the room, man. Praise God. Ooh, I'm, man, that brings joy on the inside of me. I don't know about, I don't know about you, but that's more than just a silly thing. That was a spiritual thing that just swept through this room. That was a spiritual thing. Oh, man, I didn't see that one coming. Like I said, I think I know what we're supposed to do next. I don't know. We're just going to follow the Lord. Kids, you don't have any fish, do you? On cue. Then he gives a word of wisdom. He gives instruction. He gives insight. We'll throw it on the right side, y'all. Throw it on the right side. And then he prophesies. You will have a catch. That's a word for somebody in this room. Throw the nets on the right side and you will have a catch. You will, you will. You will bring in more than you can hold. Throw it on the right side. You will bring in more than you can hold. And if you remember, when Jesus called him the first time around, he did the same thing. Throw it, cast out into the deep. Throw it out over there. Then it takes multiple boats. Then you're trying to pull it up. Then your worry and your concern then switches from, oh my goodness, we're not going to have anything to eat with, oh my goodness, how can we handle all this? I'd rather take the ladder. Give me the ladder, Lord. <laughs> the ladder. That's trying to figure out what do we do with this instead of where in the world is it? <coughs> oh. You will have a catch. Then John the beloved. My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit just moving through this this morning. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit of God. We are available and we are yielded to you. Lord, in the middle of a message, we're yielded to you. Lord Jesus, in the middle of the song, we're yielded to you. Lord, <laughs> we're yielded. My God, my God, my God, my God, change us, transform us, radically move us, Lord Jesus. Radically move us. Radically move us. And then, and then, and then John, John, 
John, the, the book that we're in, John 21, John, the one who's, who's writing this account, he's the one who, he, he loves the Lord. In fact, he called himself, the, he was the, the most beloved of the Savior. He called himself that many times. And, and he was also the one that, that God used to bring revelation. The book of Revelation was, was written by John. John, who was on the Isle of, of Patmos, wrote out the revelation. He saw things from Jesus. He saw it with his waking eyes, and he wrote it down. He said, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so John gets revelation revelation quicker than everybody else and he says it is the Lord and John may get the word first but Peter you can always count on him to be the first one to respond because here's Peter again as soon as he heard that it was the Lord that was on the shore, the word says he was, he was stripped for work. That means he had his outer garments on. The word says he put on his outer garments. He covered himself up, and he dove into the water. He dove into the water to get to the shore. Everybody else is trying to hike up these, the fish and these nets. And Peter's, as soon as he hears that it's the Lord, he's in the water. He's in the water, and he's going after Jesus. Before the miracle can even finish being accomplished, before they can even get all the fish up on the boat, when Peter heard it was Jesus, He didn't care if he walked on water this time or not. Some of us have been believing and been praying for miracles, for signs, for wonders. That is all good. But Jesus and wonders and miracles they're not the focus. They're the byproduct of a people who serve the Lord. They're the byproduct. Why are we focusing on the things that should be following us? Not the, that is not what is before us. That is what is not before us. That's, it's not the signs, the wonders, and miracles. that uh, I, I praise God all of those things happen. They happen within his presence. But don't you see what happens there? We're so, we so get caught up wanting the miracle, wanting the answer, wanting the sign, wanting the wonder, wanting the, wanting the word. We're so desperate to have that part of it. And Peter gets it right here. Because when the miracle starts happening and he hears it, it's the Lord. He's forgotten about the miracle and he's doing whatever he's got to do to get to Jesus. And Jesus, this is Jesus' perspective. This is the Lord's perspective. Jesus wants to bring the miracle. He's a good God. But not at the expense of having him. So the Lord's whole desire to bring you a sign of wonder and a miracle is so that you'll jump out of the boat and come rushing toward him. 
I'll give you the miracle. I'll fill up your net with fish if that's what it takes to get you out of that boat and come clamoring up to the shore to be with me. That you'll even, it's not even about the miracle anymore. All of a sudden, it's about being with Jesus. All of a sudden, it's about getting to his presence. All of a sudden, it's about the one, it's about the one who who has loved me and is still calling my name. Even when I said, I'm going back to the old system, I'm going back to the old way, and here he is showing up on the shore again saying, come on. Come on. And then we see Jesus. And we see Jesus, he's, he's prepared a fire. The word says that he's prepared a charcoal fire. And the reason why that's significant is because it was a charcoal fire that Peter stood around and was warming himself while Jesus was being questioned yeah, where Peter denied him, Jesus is bringing him back to the place. Come here, come here. And here's the funny thing, too, is that there's already fish on it. He's already provided. See, I got to go back to the old system. I got to go back to the. I got to go back the old way because that's what I depend on. That's what I rely on to bring me my sustenance. I got to go. I got to go back to the the comfortable. I got to go back to what is convenient because that's how I learned how to eat. That's how I learned how to sustain myself. And that's what will happen when you rely on a man-made system. You'll become dependent upon the system, and you will you will always be trying to get food for yourself. And Jesus is there. He's cooking. He's master chef. He's no Gordon Ramsay. He operates in heaven's kitchen, not hell's kitchen. Y'all can y'all can laugh at me. I, I've 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 allowed I've I've allowed it. Lord, just just use me at your expense. And then he says this. It's for young people in the room. He said, "I'm making some fish here, but why don't you bring over that fish that you caught? I already have some." Because I'm Jesus. But bring over some of what you have caught. So then Jesus is saying, I'll use everything for my good. I'll use it all. I've prepared some, but guess what? We're going to prepare some more. And even though you went back to the old way of thinking, even though you went back to it, guess what? I'm good enough. We're going to take what you learned back there, what you gained back there, and the miracle I used to get you back on this shore. We're now going to use that. We're going to cook it. We're going to feed everybody here. There's going to be more than enough. There's going to be more than enough. So he's going to use everything that has happened to this point in your life. He's going to use it, and he's going to turn it for his glory because it's what he does. It's what he does. And then he starts asking the questions. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Right? 
Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Lord. Says Peter, I hear you. Tend my sheep. But hey, while we're on it, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, you know that I love you. All right, good, good, cool, 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 cool. Feed my sheep. You know, Peter, though, I was going to ask you this question, though. Maybe, maybe I asked it already. Do you love me? Before, is it, do we have any fish? No. And then I says, Jesus, do you, he said, Jesus, do you love me? And then I'm saying, yes. Praise God. What was a no is now a yes. Praise the Lord. Peter, do you? Do you love me? And in Peter's frustration, of course, we see this as the mirror of what happened to Peter when he denied Christ. We see that he denied him three times. Here he is. He is affirming his love for Jesus three times, and Jesus is asking the questions again. Third time, Peter, do you love me? In Peter's frustration, he says, Lord, you know everything. You know it all. to steal from David, King David, a little bit. You know my ins and my outs. You know my thoughts, my inner thoughts. You're familiar with all of my ways. You know my coming in and my going out. You know that when I sleep and when I am awake. You know everything that's happening on the inside of me. Jesus, you know I love you. That's good, man. Shepherd my sheep. Here's the point. Peter had gone back. The disciples had gone back. And what we miss so often, what we're really running from is love. What are you really running from? When Jesus is calling you back to the shore, what is it that you're really running from? It's, you're not running from condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There may be conviction, but that's a totally different thing. Condemnation wants to keep pointing to the fact, it goes over the line, it keeps pointing to the fact of where you're missing it, where you're flawed, where all your mistakes are, so that it can belittle you, so that it can destroy you, so that it can push you down. That's from the gates of hell. Conviction looks like Jesus asking the hard questions, but asking them with love. <laughs> Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I do. All right. Well, then come on and do what you were called to do. Come on. Come on. And be be the man whose name is, is Peter, who I prophesied said this would be the rock on which I built my church. Be that. Be that. And we're always running from the love. And the thing is, this is the same thing that the prodigal. Jesus is, Jesus is modeling before them the parable that he told them about the prodigal. The prodigal son who expects to come back and be condemned and just work as a servant never expects to come back as a son. Oh, 
And all Jesus is saying, the only thing, the only thing you're running from is the love. Is love. Is the goodness of the Lord. And I'm making this call to anyone in this room who's battling. You're battling. You're battling. This is, this, is, this is a work. When you start coming against systems that you've built up in your life, things that you've learned to depend on, things that you've learned to rely on, and what has happened is we've, be, we've become like welfare children of God to where we're dependent upon the system to get our meals rather than the one who is on the shore calling us, come, come and eat. Let's eat. It's not an easy thing to transition out of this, but for everyone who is battling, in Jesus' name, running from love, running from love. Everyone close your eyes. I think this is what we're supposed to do right now. My God. My God. Well, thank you for moving. Your plan has always been to move and to perform your will through imperfect people. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Lord, and I know that there are people in this room who are they're, they're battling and they're, and they're struggling. The, the, the familiarity of the boat is, 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 is calling. And God, you're saying, you're calling to us. You're saying, come this way. Come, come to me. 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 And for everyone in this room, look, if you want to answer to the Lord and you want to jump in the water like Peter, come on, raise your hand very quickly. This isn't about anybody else looking around. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to leave this boat. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been fishing all night. Caught no fishes. Got nothing to show. Got nothing to show. And I'm ready to be done with it. I'm ready to be done with it. Come on, keep the hand up. Keep the hand up. Uh, God, I thank you for the courage and the freedom to respond in this house. To respond. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is working now. It's working and it's performing right now. And it's resulting in mind change. It's resulting in heart change. It's resulting, Lord, in a transformation of our minds. Lord God, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. When he heard it was Jesus, when he heard it was Jesus, he left the boat and he ran, he swam to the shore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know this is a second altar call, but this is what's going to happen. I'm going to ask every person who has raised their hand or is currently raising their hand to leave the boat right now, come to the shore. Come quickly, come quickly. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. Come on, come on, come on. When he heard it was Jesus, he jumped out of the boat and he got in the water. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on. There's freedom already right here. There's freedom. Jesus is meeting you with love. He's meeting you with love. He's meeting Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. 
If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.